A farmer's time is valuable. That's why Blaine's Farm and Fleet has made shopping for your must-haves quick and easy. Simply order online at farmandfleet.com and pick up your items in just one hour in their convenient drive-thru. Or try Farm and Fleet's same-day local delivery option. This is the Farm Report with Pam Yonke. Five minutes after five o'clock on a Wednesday morning. Today, the 22nd day of January. For you folks that are in Eau Claire, Pepin, Dunn, Pierce counties, Chippewa counties, you're waking up under a winter weather advisory. Looks like you could pick up two to four inches of sloppy wet snow today. So the roads could be a little on the slick side right on through uh, early afternoon. For the rest of our listing area, we've got precipitation in the forecast as well. Uh, but probably not as measurable as northwest Wisconsin. Today's snow showers 32, tomorrow's snow showers and 33. Friday calling for some cloudy skies and light snow, 70 are expected high. Stumacher Ag Meteorologist is going to join us live via Skype in about 15 minutes and break out all the weather-related details you're looking for this morning. Rural Mutual is the number one farm insurer in Wisconsin for a good reason. As a company founded by farmers, they understand the ag industry and its challenges. Local agents offer farm families the best advice and personalized coverage. Visit RuralMutual.com to find an agent near you. Rural Mutual Insurance, keeping Wisconsin strong. Well, as we start off on a Wednesday morning, let's talk a little bit about the economic climate that Wisconsin agriculture, let's face it, all of agriculture is looking at. Fabulous Farm Bay Pam Yankee here at the southern end of the world's longest barn in Madison. And I'll tell you what, this is the time of the year where everybody's going over their books, looking at numbers twice, trying to get their wish list together for 2020. Scott, those conversations generally are going to involve a banker. That's right. This is Scott Schultz on the northern end of the world's longest barn in Eau Claire, and those egg lenders are big parts of those discussions. And agricultural lenders recently released their annual egg lenders survey results, and Ed Elfman, the American Bankers Association's senior vice president for egg and rural banking policy, has been studying those results closely. I asked him to assess the state of agricultural banking in the United States. It really depends on where you are. Um, your folks in Wisconsin have probably experienced a little bit different ag bank than we have in the rest of the country for a while. Um, it's all commodity prices, right? It's all based on commodity prices. And now at least 100 weight on milk's going up a little bit, which will help some cash flow positions and some of those things. So the state of it, we're nervous. We're not terrified. We're almost stuck in this new normal of uh, how long is this going to last? But we don't know when that next jump up or down is going to occur. And for bankers, it's all about being slow and steady, right? Just holding on where we are and making sure we don't make any rash decisions. Somebody said these ugly words to me the other day, 1980s. I don't know exactly what the context was, but what do you think when you hear that? Are we anywhere near a situation that we bumped into back then? I don't believe we are. But I will say this, there's lessons to be learned from the 1980s, right? You need history. History doesn't repeat itself, but it often rhymes, right? The Mark Twain quote there. But in reality, what we need to do is make sure that we learned our lessons from there. And I think we really did. One, interest rates aren't as high as they were in the 80s. We were talking 18, 20, 25% at that time. Additionally, land values have held a lot better. 
We're holding land values right now. And a lot of folks paid 50% down on their land. In the 80s, it was 5%, 10%. Heck, sometimes it was getting a loan from two different banks, one for the down payment, one for the, the actual loan. And that created a lot of problems, right? This time around, it seems like we've created an artificial floor on land values, which then helps keep lending where it needs to be. doesn't have these big spikes one way or the other. So short answer, no, it's not the 1980s. Long answer, there's a lot that goes into, into that answer. You feel comfortable with where rates are going to be in the next few months? I, I do. I think because they haven't shown much of an inclination to go anywhere crazy on it. Um, that's that's just federal policy and the way it's set up to go there. Um, but I will say one thing we're watching a lot is land values. Because if land pay- values tumble, that changes everything, right? We're also watching commodity prices. If corn's $5, that changes the world too. So when you have all those things going in effect, you just got to keep track of everything and make sure you're, you're staying on that slow, steady path uh, between you, between the banker and the producer. Now you folks just pulled together, uh, there's just a big survey, a report that came out. What highlights were in that report? What good was in that report? <laughs> I'll start with the bad, unfortunately. I, 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 we're worried about liquidity and working capital. That's, that's, that's always an issue, but that's when income is down, that's what it looks like, right? Um, we're also concerned on the banking side about credit quality and what credit quality is going to look like going forward. Um, so those are some of the, the big highlights we pulled out of there. I will say on the other side of it, the good is people aren't pulling out of ag. We're not seeing we're not seeing this big leaving of banks being involved in agriculture. We have $186 billion worth of ag loans, and 83% of the banks in the country are doing ag. So they're not pulling out. You're not seeing these banks leave maybe like you did in the 80s, right? You saw banks leaving the market. We don't have that going on this time. And I, that's really good to see. Um, there's more stress in certain parts of the country than others, depending on where you are. And if you go to aba.com, you can see our survey and look through the different regions and how they're feeling in each region. You know, dairy's a perfect example. It was a little tougher in Wisconsin and Pennsylvania and New York than it was in California this last year. Um, we'll see in a year what it looks like. And we do this we do this survey every single year, every November. So, On a scale of 1 to 10, 10 being good in your feelings, compared with, say, five years ago when that survey comes out, where were you this year? I'd say we're about a 7 or 8. Well, you know, I, I'm very optimistic, though, right? I've never seen a half-empty glass. Uh, but... That being the case, as people work with their bankers, I think we're learning that it's not quite as bad as it's sometimes made out to be. And that's maybe my message to all producers out there. Communicate, communicate, communicate. And the fourth thing you should do is probably communicate, right? Like, make sure you're talking to your banker. And not just your banker, your broker, your marketer, your lawyer, your attorney, whoever's part of your your, your table of folks that help you with this, make sure they're all in con- constant communication with each other, you have a plan in place, and then you're going to be in a really good spot going forward. If you don't have a plan in place and something bad happens, then you're scrambling, right? We don't want scrambling. We want planning. We want to know where we are, figure out your cost of production, figure out all those things, and then base everything off of that. Nobody's ever lost money making a profit, right? Again, historic lessons. Is the, is the system between the farmer, the banker, that economic system, the planning, are, are we better at it, getting better at it out in the countryside? I, I really think we are. That's lessons of the 80s. 
right? Make sure that we're talking way beforehand. The other thing, too, technology's changed the game. Uh, there's no one particular app I would say anybody should use or any computer program, but just having your financials on a list on somewhere, whether QuickBooks or Excel spreadsheet, whatever it is, but knowing where that is and what that looks like, that changes the game. Just knowing your financials. And then you talk to your banker and make sure those financials line up, not only with the cash flow and loan side of the world, but also with what you value as a producer. Make sure you're all on the same page. If you're all on the same page, it makes everything go a lot better. How about federal policy? Federal policy, do uh, you see as favorable to uh, egg lending? Well, I'm glad you brought that up. Actually, there's a bill out there right now called the Enhancing Credit Opportunities in Rural America, or ECORA Act. And what that essentially does is it will remove the taxation on interest on farm real estate loans. Essentially, you're going to lower the cost to have a loan for a farmer. And that sure doesn't hurt farmers that are trying to buy land, trying to refinance, all those types of things. Uh, that's sitting right now. It's got about 12 co-sponsors in the House and five in the Senate. And we're hoping to, uh, I shouldn't say hoping, we're pushing that thing hard from ABA right now. If you go to ABA.com again, there's ways for, you don't have to be a banker, and you can send a letter saying we want this legislation to happen because it's going to make costs for farmers better. And the initial look at that sponsorship, uh, bipartisan a little bit? Uh, I'd have to look again to see who was all on it, but I believe it was bipartisan last I looked. And that's important, right? That's Ag is one of those few places you can pull that off in D.C., uh, and we hope to keep that going forward. And honestly, credit for farmers is not a partisan issue. Never should be, in my opinion, because that way we make sure that credit is available across the board. The other thing to look into for some folks is USDA programs. USDA has a lot of good loan programs between Farm Service Agency, and especially for your dairy guys that have some rural businesses, rural development's a place to start looking for some opportunities as well. And they have high loan limits. Banks are starting to look into that more and more. There might be some opportunities there that didn't exist in the past. Partly thanks to the last Farm Bill as well, there was an opening up of those programs. That's Ed Elkman, American Bankers Association Senior Vice President for Agricultural and Rural Banking Policy. Again, those lessons from history from the 1980s and similar situations. Planning is important. Communications with your lenders is important. Using financial records technology that's available and staying on top of financials. Those things all help, according to Mr. Elfman. And to see the annual agricultural lenders survey results, go to aba.com. That's aba.com to see the American Bankers Association annual agricultural lenders survey results. I'm Scott Schultz on the northern end of the world's longest barn in Eau Claire. This is the Farm Report with Pam Yonke. The best compliment that I've gotten as an attorney is when a client refers a friend of theirs or a family member for help. When I get those calls, I'm confident that I have done good work for my client and that they have appreciated it. The attorneys at Lawton and Cates. It's who you turn to for legal advice. 282-6200 or LawtonCates.com. When you need an attorney, trust the voice of experience. The only choice, Lawton and Cates. If your walls could talk, what would they say? 
I have sent children into fits of rage. I am responsible for a child's speech impediment. I am the reason a child can't read. Just because you can't see lead paint doesn't mean it's not on walls, doors, windows, and sills. Today, lead paint poisoning affects over 1 million children. If your home was built before 1978, log on to leadfreekids.org or call 800-424-LEAD. Brought to you by the Coalition to End Childhood Lead Poisoning, EPA, HUD, and the Ad Council. It's time to take the dark descent down an impossibly long driveway. Making matters worse is the snow and ice. Things don't have to be this treacherous just because you happen to have a home in the country with a long driveway. We can install driveway lighting to make things easier on you and your guests. This is Scott from EverReady Electric. Before our family became electricians, we were busy farming. That's where we get our EverReady work ethic. EverReadyElectric.net. We're EverReady. Furnace on the fritz? Whether it's a quick fix or time for something new, you need a dealer who knows what it takes to warm things up. And a Bryant dealer does whatever it takes. It takes attention to detail, the right tools, and friendly, knowledgeable service. Bottom line, it takes a Bryant dealer to bring the heat. Call AirServe Heating and Air Conditioning in McFarland when you need furnace service. AirServe Heating and Air Conditioning, a neighborly company. Bryant, whatever it takes. If you need to know about farming, then you need to know Pam Yonke. This is the Wisconsin Farm Report with Pam Yonke. All righty, 518 now on a Wednesday morning, getting more interesting by the moment as far as weather is concerned. I've been watching radar all morning long, and for folks up in the Eau Claire area around La Crosse, you're probably already starting to see some interesting developments. Let's find out about it. Stumach Ag Meteorologist joining us live via Skype. Yeah, it's kind of one of those deals where it doesn't look tremendously menacing, Stu, but it could make for some interesting travel up around Eau Claire, uh, all the way down to La Crosse this morning, huh? Yeah, it'll be a little bit of a mix. I like the report from the the airport around Eau Claire. Undetermined precipitation. That's what they indicated at, uh, you know, just before 5 a.m. Well, that means to me it's probably a little bit of a mix already. And we're looking at low pressure building in from the west. The system really not all that organized, but a band of a disturbance pushes up toward the northeast. And there is that little mix of snow, a little rain and snow from north-central Wisconsin all the way down to, oh, say, about Tomahawk or so, and then turning back toward Eau Claire, Chippewa Falls, and back into southeast Minnesota. Very light activity just starting to edge on toward La Crosse, should say, at Eau Claire in the area. You have the uh, winter weather advisory in effect until noon today for that little mix of precipitation. Generally, snow could be that little patchy little freezing drizzle that kind of activity are early but generally just some snow and that will develop and push on into lacrosse and Moston this morning and the rest of the state then uh, madison beaver dam fond du lac oshkosh we most likely don't talk about snow until we head on toward the afternoon so the low is going to build in the precipitation already into wisconsin extending back into southeast minnesota and across iowa back to nebraska as that low develops and tries to build east and a little northeast we'll have that precipitation chance we've talked about this for quite a while so far this week at least that it's going to start up today and then the next little wave of activity brings another chance of snow around and that happens again as we move on toward thursday and on into the day friday not that precipitation amounts are going to be all that heavy i mean we're not talking feet and feet of snow or anything like that an inch or so here an inch or so there 
and in between a few stray snowflakes or some flurries. That's how it's going to work out for us as we head through the week. The temperatures remain very mild. In fact, on the above normal side, and not just today, but on toward Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday as well. Generally, in the low and mid-30s, where we should be in the mid-20s for normal highs, so it is going to be a little on the above normal side. That may keep that snow level down somewhat, make it wet and sloppy, and yes, it could mean a little bit, little bit more slippery when you hit it in certain areas as well. So that chance of precipitation, well, actually precipitation starting this morning, will be sticking around with us. Even as we start into the weekend, we're not going to be without some kind of snow falling and for a short period, somewhat of a mix that could be around. I'll try and headlight the headlight. Yes, headlight. We'll highlight those specifics right after this. Compeer Financial helped us get into our forever home. They helped me expand more than acreage. And helped our dairy grow for the next generation. At Compure Financial, we see potential in every plan. Our unique perspective finds solutions to your challenges. And our specially trained financial team guides you every step of the way. Partner with us to make your goals possible. Compure.com. Compure Financial ACA is an equal opportunity lender and equal opportunity provider. And MLS number 619731, copyright 2019, all rights reserved. If we all go in on energy efficiency, Wisconsin is in for some big rewards. Focus on energy partners with Wisconsin Utilities to offer farmers the tools to grow their farm's energy efficiency and cash incentives to make it happen. Get started today. Call 888-623-2146 or visit FocusOnEnergy.com slash agribusiness to learn more. That's FocusOnEnergy.com slash agribusiness. Focus on Energy, helping farmers grow since 2001. 522 now. All right, Stu, you got some headlights for us? Uh, we'll put them on. How about that? <laughs> the winter weather advisory till noon today for Chippewa and Eau Claire County and areas to the west, Dunn, Tremplo, Buffalo, Pepin, and uh, back toward the Mississippi and the Twin Cities, that area. Now, in that winter weather advisory area, a little mix of precipitation this morning, patchy freezing drizzle, some snowflakes, more likely just some snow developing, and there could be an inshore too in western Wisconsin. Like I've said, a little further south and east, cloudy skies with some snow developing here in the afternoon. Low to mid-30s for highs, not too bad of a day. South winds 5 to 15, they'll gust near 30. Cloudy skies tonight and still some snow around. Another inch or two lacrosse, Mauston and Eau Claire, maybe an inch elsewhere. Upper 20s for nighttime lows. South winds at 5 to 15. Thursday, cloudy skies, some snow. Could be a little drizzle or patchy freezing drizzle as we move toward the afternoon or evening. Not that it's going to make a major sheet of ice. Mid-30s on Thursday, south winds at 5 to 10, and still cloudy Friday. A little snow around. Could be that rain-snow mix or drizzle in the afternoon. Again, with the mid-30s, the northeast winds develop Friday at about 5 to 10, and still that light snow chance into Saturday, Pam. But like I've said, you know... uh, Eau Claire lacrosse could pick up between two and four today and tomorrow and the rest of us an inch or two just a little adding now and again not the worst for cleanup or travel but it's going to be a couple of days we've got to pay attention is it going to be so it'll be that heavy stuff huh it'll be the the wet yeah, yeah the, okay. the almost rain almost snow slop yeah. uh-huh all right good enough catch up with you tomorrow buddy thanks you bet have a great day yep
Stumach, our ag meteorologist with those weather details. Okay, let's take a look around the state this morning and find out who's got what where, at least for right now. Eau Claire, you got that winter weather advisory. You're sitting at 27 degrees. Lacrosse this morning, cloudy skies and 27. Mauston, clear and 25. Fond du Lac, clear and 23. Beaver Dam this morning is checking in with clear skies, 21 degrees. At the airport in Madison, we are also looking at clear skies this morning, currently sitting at uh, 21 degrees. All righty then. Don't forget, more food news on the way. And of course, check out our brand new website, MidwestFarmReport.com. It's 525. This is the Farm Report with Pam Yonke. This is one of the trips you will never forget. Fabulous Farm Babe Pam Yonke inviting you to join us on our next agriculture adventure to Scotland and Northern Ireland. Castles, cows, and culture, that's some of what we've got in store. We'll start with three nights in Glasgow. Cruise Loch Lamont. Tour the Inverary Castle. Then it's on to Edinburgh and capital cities of Belfast and Dublin. Along the way, we'll visit an Irish dairy farm and an expansive rural life museum. Let's not forget about the Titanic Belfast Museum and a breathtaking view of Giant's Causeway. It's all included, along with your airfare, accommodations, and more. Get details. Call 800-826-2266. You can send me an email, pam at midwestfarmreport.com or go to holidayvacations.com and enter keyword PAM. Scotland and Northern Ireland, September 15th through the 25th. Join us. Say, have you heard of the Wisconsin Farm Bureau Federation? Yes, it's a grassroots organization of people just like you that care about keeping agriculture strong. By joining Farm Bureau, you also qualify for a number of money-saving member benefits on equipment, autos, travel, and insurance. Get more details at WFBF.com. A voice for farmers, vision for agriculture, Wisconsin Farm Bureau. Rural Mutual Insurance, keeping Wisconsin strong. Rural Mutual Insurance, the number one farm insurer in Wisconsin, is here for you even when the weather isn't. With crop hail damage, protect your operation from hail, fire, lightning, and more. Visit RuralMutual.com slash farm. Rural Mutual Insurance, keeping Wisconsin strong. Are you an entertainer, the star of the show, or do you like business and growing an enterprise? Maybe you prefer computers and electronics or engineering. Jobs in these fields and many more are available right now in the exciting field of radio and TV broadcasting. The Wisconsin Broadcasters Association and Midwest Family Madison invite you to the WBA Career Fair on Wednesday, January 29th at 8.30 a.m. at the Concourse Hotel in Madison. Radio and television professionals from around the state will be there to meet with you and talk about the many exciting opportunities in radio and TV. There's a lot more to radio and TV than being on camera or behind a microphone. There's also jobs in engineering and technical support, office management and clerical work, sales and computer applications, even marketing and graphic design, and so much more. If you like business, entertainment, engineering, communications, come see all the exciting opportunities available in broadcasting. Attend the Wisconsin Broadcasters Association Career Fair Wednesday, January 29th at 8.30 a.m. at the Concourse Hotel in Madison. Women and minorities are especially encouraged to attend. For more info, visit wi-broadcasters.org. 
Hi, this is Dave Gary, and I gotta tell you, the energy inside the Princeton Club this time of year is amazing. And you should see all the reinvestment and upgrades we've done inside the clubs. But hey, as we start 2020, here's a thought for a better tomorrow. Why not set a goal for ourselves to become even better this year? Better than we've ever been. One area that can have the biggest effect on the rest of our lives and the quality of them is our health. And at the Princeton Club, we can help make that your reality because our clubs are designed around you and what really works. It all starts with a specific exercise program tailored just for you. It's developed by our friendly and highly trained staff. And trust me, they really are the best in the business. And then it all happens inside our world-class facilities, open 24 hours a day, seven days a week, and with free childcare. Most importantly, you'll feel welcome here. Best rates of the year available now. Visit PrincetonClub.net. Mmm, need to get some rest. This is the worst headache ever. Mmm, right arm's all tingly all of a sudden. Must have slept on it last night. I keep losing my balance. These old bones need some exercise. Granddaddy, what you just said doesn't even make sense. It sounds like gibberish. Signs like these could be more than what they seem. They could be a sign of stroke. Sudden weakness or numbness of the face, arm, or leg. Sudden trouble with vision in one or both eyes. Sudden trouble walking or difficulty with balance. Or a sudden intense headache that comes out of nowhere. If you or someone you know has any of these symptoms, don't wait. Call 911 immediately. You could make a difference in someone's life, someone you love, maybe even your own. Time lost is brain lost. Find out more at PowerToEndStroke.org. Brought to you by the American Heart Association, American Stroke Association, and the Ad Council. We started with, there was about, what, 21, 21 unrestricted free agents. We got it down to four. The four that we have, Brian Bulaga, Iowa, Tremont Williams, Mason Crosby, Kyler Fackrell. Right now, 53% of you say Brian Bulaga should be priority number one for Brian Gutekunst this offseason. Do you agree or disagree, Ebo and Nelson? I'll start with you, Ebo, with the yeah. poll results thus far. Um, the Packers' offensive line was absolutely phenomenal this year in giving Aaron Rodgers time. And why would you mess with something that's got some chemistry and looking good? So I would definitely re-sign Brian Balaga. The one question was his health, and he proved that he could be healthy almost the entire year, and he he did very well. I would bring back Brian Balaga. Ah, well, that would be my first one. I'm right there with you. Brian Bulaga has to be out of those four, the guys you bring back first. Like you said, who who are you going to replace him with? You don't really have anyone. You, then you'd have to use a high draft pick. Who knows if that even turns out. Cole Madison seems like he's not ready anytime soon to be a starter, let alone be there as a backup. I think it has to be Brian Bulaga. Because I, uh, by the way, 608-321-1670 Packer fans, I didn't uh, think Mason Crosby really, well, I thought it was close to be in the top four. Uh, he did make it. He's in second. Do you think, because if, if it is Bulaga, can they can they do Bulaga and Crosby both? Can both those guys be back next season? Or is it one or the other? Because they're the two veterans making the most money. So if you're picking Bulaga, is it at the expense of Mason Crosby? And if it is, are you all right with that? How much money are they going to have coming? Aren't they going to have a ton of money coming up? Million, Judas. roughly. Judas. I don't think um, they'd figure it out, wouldn't they? I mean, you wouldn't. 
No, they probably. I'm just saying. Brian Belaga wouldn't be the expensive Crosby or Vice No, no. Versa. I'm just saying if it became that way, if it became one or the other, if it became down to Belaga and Crosby, would you pick a tackle over a kicker? Oh, I'd, I'd lean Belaga easily. I easily go tackle over a kicker. Who's protecting Aaron Rodgers? Who's the franchise of the Packers? It's Aaron Rodgers. Did Tennessee still make it to the AFC Championship game without attempting field goals? If if you have Aaron Rodgers, you have a quarterback, right? Can't you go for it when it's fourth and whatever on the 35? I feel like you can get away with it more than having a huge hole at right tackle. Yeah, uh, Aaron Rodgers ain't no spry chicken anymore. Well, really. that's true, but then is the come, and I agree. I think Balaga is the vote, by the way, just to be clear. But is the comeback to that, what's the guy's name, Valdir? Jared Valdir. Did did you miss Brian Bulaga at all in the Seahawks game? Did you even? I didn't even realize till the first quarter was over that that was not Bulaga playing right tackle. Did sure. you ever even hear about? Now the comeback to that would be: Did you see the first Forty Nine er game and did you see the Charger game? Those are games Bulaga left with injuries. Rogers got annihilated, but they also didn't have this guy Valdir. Maybe the backups they had at that time were worse than him. Uh, or do you say, no, you're playing with fire? Of course the answer to Nelson's point is... Whoa, 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 whoa. Are we even questioning if the backups were any good when you got a guy to come out <laughs> of retirement who had been a 10-plus year guy and Alex Light, the guy that was actually the backup, was that's, just that's, thankful to make the roster? That's a just, good point. Never forget <laughs> that article. Thankful. He was just thankful to make the roster. Just thankful to make a roster, and we're depending on him to uh, block guys like Nick Bosa. Yeah, it was really going to work. But we did stick to our game plan, and it worked quite well. We only lost by, what, 27 the first game against uh, the 49ers? Yeah, got to stick to the game plan, though. That's a good point, Nelson. 608-321-1670. Eric, welcome to the Joe and Ebo Show. Hey, morning. What's up, Eric? Um, I was going to go, if you're going to just pick between two, I understand. I mean, I guess I'd have to go with Blaga, only because what you guys were talking about. But I will say this. San Francisco put Bosa and, um, we're not Bosa, they put uh, one of those rushers in D Ford on Balaga's side. And Balaga and uh, that kid Billy Turner got eaten alive. So you got to kind of consider that. But how about, uh, what's his name, Jared Valdir or whatever the hell his name is. The guy had very, very, very limited time notice when uh, Balaga got the flu right before the Seattle game. And he did a pretty darn good job considering the situation. You know what I mean? Yeah. What would you think about bringing him back and maybe a little bit less than what Belaga had? Then you could sign Mason Crosby. Well, that's what I was just saying, Eric. Thanks for the call. Thanks, that's, that's the uh, the question is if, you know, it was a very small sample size. It was only one game. But if you believe that you can get away with that guy for a season, you're going to take the $10 million that you were going to pay Belaga. That could be Jimmy Graham's replacement. Or that could be a veteran number two wide receiver that we finally could compliment Devontae This is the Farm Report with Pam Yonke. Here we go, 535 now on a Wednesday morning. Don't forget we've got snow already moving into the La Crosse area. It's going to spread all across southern Wisconsin today. Uh, Not anything major as far as accumulations, but it could make for some messy driving conditions, so bear that in mind. I'm Pam Yonke. Now, from the Landmark Services Cooperative Anchor News Desk, here's what's happening on a Wednesday. And some interesting notes on this date in history. Back in 1964, the world's largest block of cheese was produced right here in Wisconsin. It was cheddar cheese used 170,000 quarts of milk. 
It was made by, in part, the Wisconsin Cheese Foundation, specifically for the 1964 New York World's Fair. That cheddar cheese weighed in at more than 17 ton. It was consumed at the annual meeting of the Wisconsin Cheesemakers in Eau Claire back in 1965. They've got a replica of that cheese in Nielsville in a specifically designed cheese mobile. And so there you go. Back on this date, 1964, world's largest block of cheese. And on this date, 1968, basketball franchise was awarded to Milwaukee. We know them today as our Milwaukee Bucks. And now you know. Well, now we know who the 2020 Organic Farmers of the Year are. The announcement made yesterday, and it's going to a Wisconsin farm couple, Jane Hawley Stevenson and her husband, David Stevenson, in North Freedom, about an hour north of Madison, are the 2020 Organic Farmers of the Year. They'll be recognized on February 27th in the middle of the Midwest Organic Sustainable Education Services Annual Organic Farming Conference up in La Crosse. The Stevensons own Four Elements Organic Herbs. It's a 130-acre farm in North Freedom where they produce over 200 varieties of herbs, and they make wellness products like teas and creams, lip balms, and sprays. They also harvest wild plants like dandelion, chickweed, white pine, and burdock, and uh, use them with some medicinal qualities in mind. Find out more about them online, fourelementsherbals.com, and then look forward to seeing them as they're recognized as Organic Farmers of the Year, February 27th in La Crosse. It's 537. Boy, Wisconsin weather has been tough on our farm equipment this year. Maybe now is a good time to push pause and take care of some maintenance. Fabulous farm babe Pam Yankee for my friends at McFarland's, 780 Carolina Street, just off Highway 12 in the heart of Sauk City. Remember, where everything is all under one roof, and that includes their fantastic service team. They've got a great deal going on now with McFarland's and Agco. Through February 29th, you can save 10% on maintenance and 10% on genuine Agco parts. Listen, that farm equipment needs to be reliable. You're using it every day. There is resale value to take into consideration and, of course, operating efficiency. McFarland's can help you walk through every step of evaluating that farm equipment and prioritizing what should come first on maintenance. Save 10% on maintenance and 10% on genuine Agco parts now through the end of February at McFarland's, 780 Carolina Street in the heart of Sauk City. What does it mean to be a resilient farm? It was a big discussion topic in December during the Resilient Farms Conference in Wisconsin Dells. Uh, basically, what it means is you're looking at all opportunities as far as incomes concerned on the farm and all of the areas of expense. Talking about that more with uh, Paul Dittman from Compure Financial in just a moment. Well, let's talk a little bit about what's happening in the markets. In overnight electronic trade, we're stronger. Right now, March corn's up three at 390. December corn's up a penny and three quarters, 403. March beans are up a nickel at 921. November beans up a nickel as well at 956. March Wheat is up seven and a half cents at five eighty nine. July new crop up six at five eighty six a bushel. Barrel cheese in Chicago yesterday gained three and three quarters cents to one fifty nine and three quarters. Forty pound block cheese was up a quarter of a cent, one ninety six and a half. While double A butter finished unchanged at a dollar eighty eight per pound. February milk's quiet right now at seventeen fifty four. Likewise, March milk's unchanged overnight seventeen seventy six a hundred weight. There's a lot of focus in Wisconsin on what's going on with Wisconsin's dairy industry. Is 
2020 going to be a year where we see a turnaround? That's one of the questions I'm sure he'll face during the upcoming UW Ag Outlook Forum. That's going to be on Tuesday on the UW-Madison campus, Tuesday, January 28th. Dr. Mark Stevenson, dairy economist, will be on the program, and he says when it comes to looking at dairy in Wisconsin, you've got to look beyond the farm gate. Fluid milk has been under assault here since about 2010. Well, maybe longer than that, but 2010 has been very noticeable. And that uh, comes from not just plant-based beverages, which a lot of people want to kind of blame for this, but it's also uh, other beverages like water. Water is uh, probably a bigger competitor with milk than than the plant-based beverages have been. But we have other things going on, too. Dr. Mark Stevenson, dairy economist on the UW-Madison campus, one of the special guest speakers that will address the audience during the 2020 Ag Outlook Forum on the UW-Madison campus, January 28th. Uh, Stevenson said the other demographic you cannot ignore that's influencing dairy, the fact that people just don't have as many kids as they used to. Children, he said, by far the biggest consumer of dairy, the biggest driver of dairy trends. And he said with fewer kids being born, that automatically puts a dent in uh, the demographic demands. Coming up next, how do you stay optimistic, find profitability on your farm it, uh, it takes some doing, that's for sure, especially these days. Talking about that next with our friend Paul Dippen from Compere Financial. Stand by. This is the Farm Report with Pam Yonke. Carrier has a complete line of home heating products to keep your family comfortable this winter without burning your budget. With smart temperature management and remote access options, it's easier than ever to control your home's climate. And Carrier Energy Efficient Systems can help reduce utility bills without sacrificing comfort. For more complete comfort and greater peace of mind, turn to your Carrier expert. Call your Carrier Factory Authorized Dealer, General Heating and Air Conditioning in Madison, 271-3900. Another regular ride idea from Madison Auto Trim. You don't have to spill your coffee to have a warm seat. Park that latte in the cup holder and get a seat heater from Madison Auto Trim. We install one seat, two seats, and even seat heaters with massage. It's added comfort, relieves pain, and it'll keep your keister toasty warm. Madison Auto Trim and Accessories. Affordable luxury you deserve to have. Improve what you already got and rig your ride with Madison Auto Trim. I'm Dr. Linda Van Eldick a biomedical scientist supported by the American Health Assistance Foundation. I'm dedicated to educating the public because it's important for all of us to understand this debilitating disease. I conduct research aimed at discovering new and effective treatments for Alzheimer's disease. This is critical because every 70 seconds someone in America is diagnosed with Alzheimer's. That's more than a thousand people a day. Preliminary data show that exercise, a healthy diet, and keeping your mind active may help reduce your risk. At our website, ahaf.org, experts will answer your questions and address your concerns. Find out about promising research the Foundation funds and learn how to live with or care for someone with the disease. Call 1-800-437-2423 or go to ahaf.org for a free brochure on understanding Alzheimer's disease. That's 1-800-437-2423. Oprah's got all the money, but Pam's got all the talent. 
Pam Yonke and the Farm Report. Making our way to 6 o'clock on a Wednesday morning in time to visit with our friends from Compure Financial. They were hosts in part of the Resilient Farms Conference that happened in Wisconsin Dells in December. Now, if you say, what does resiliency mean to my farm? Uh, It's pretty simple. It just means that you're taking a look at all opportunities on the farm as far as revenue sources are concerned and all operations on the farm as far as costs are concerned. Sometimes these conversations can be very difficult, especially when you're already under stress. Starting those conversations can be tricky. Paul Dittmans, one of the financial advisors with Compure Financial, he was involved in organizing the Resilient Farms Conference. And I asked him, quite honestly, how do you start these conversations? Well, I try to I try to boil it down to just a couple of simple statements that they need to gather. You know, uh, one big thing is doing a balance sheet at the end of every year, December 31 of every year. Um, even though people may not know why they're doing that, they might not be needing a loan in the next year or anything, but it's so important to be able to do that balance sheet at least once a year and do it on the same date. And December 31 is good because then it lines up with your Schedule F. And if you've got a beginning balance sheet and an ending balance sheet and a Schedule F, you've got everything you need to do a full-blown analysis of the farm operation. You can financially analyze every single aspect of the farm operation with just those two balance sheets and a Schedule F. Now, if I've never done a balance sheet, how do I even start on that? How do I, how refined does it have to be, Paul? Where do I get that? Where do I look for that information? There's, there are a lot of balance sheets available. You can get them off of our website, compere.com. Extension has yep, uh, balance yep, sheets. Yep. The Technical College System, uh, Center for Farm Financial Management. There's a million balance sheets out there. And a lot of them, they're a little bit different formats, you know. And so I've got in my files probably 15 different balance sheets. And depending on the farm operation, how sophisticated they need, um, I, I use different ones with different groups. But um, but it's, uh, there's my, our uh, my book, which is Fearless Farm Finances, we have a whole section on how to fill out a balance sheet how to, from beginning to end. Like, yep. where do you even start? How do you right, gather right, the information to right, put into it? Right. What are the most important, if I just want to start out small, and, but I do want to get something down, what are some of the simple components that I need to include in that initial balance sheet? Uh, probably the most important thing is current assets and current liabilities. So current assets, that's cash. It's anything that's going to convert to cash within a year, like market livestock, like mm-hmm. grain that's mm-hmm. that's yep. uh, right. in the bin that you're intending to sell. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's uh, prepaid expenses and supplies. Okay. It's Yeah, it's hay inventories and all those sorts of things. Those are all current assets. Current liabilities, that's anything that's due now or that's going to come due within the next year. So it's credit card debt. It's operating loans. It's accrued interest. It's accounts payable. Uh, it also includes any... Um, any of the principal that's due within the next year on longer-term debt. So yep. any principal that's coming due on the mortgage yep. over the next year, that shows up as a current liability. We look really closely at that. We calculate the working capital, taking current assets minus the current liabilities. Mm-hmm. Because that, that net working capital, um, it slipped a lot the last couple yeah. of years, just given the situation yeah. that we've been in in agriculture. And it, it can lock up the farm operation if your net working capital slips negative. So we really, I've, I've been trying to encourage my farmers, even if you only update your balance sheet once a year, Update the current assets, current liabilities every month if you can, and really sure. keep a close eye on that. Sure. What are some of the other components that, if I've got time, if I if I've got the depth of information available, what are some of the other ones that should be added to that balance sheet? Um, it's a list of the machinery. So coming up with an inventory of the machinery along with market values of the machinery, and keeping that list, and then every year updating it. You know, if you sold a piece of equipment, cross it off, and if you added a piece of equipment, 
add it to the bottom of the list. It's um, it's the farm itself. So it's land, it's the buildings and improvements, and then the farmhouse. And I try to keep those three things separate, you know, because land isn't depreciable, the buildings are depreciable, the farmhouse is really a non-farm asset because you have to live someplace whether you're farming or whether you work at a lending institution like I do, and it's not fair to make the farm have to try to generate a return on the farmhouse. So I try to separate that out as a non-farm asset sure. when we're calculating uh, you know, assets and liabilities and, and then calculating our profitability measures. So let's say we get the simple balance sheet going. And to your point, doing it on a regular basis, namely end of the year, if not a little bit more frequent. Mm-hmm. But as you pointed out, Paul, oh, those numbers might not look good. If it's my first time attempting to do a balance sheet and I look negative, what do I do? I might be panic-stricken. What do I do? Yeah, that's where it, it helps to to get some um, advice from either the, tech, the technical college system, uh, farm management instructor, your extension agent, a lender, um, you know, the Wisconsin Farm Center, another great yeah. great asset that we have in this state that can help people with that sort of thing. And it's better to know. It's better to, you know, even if it's not necessarily what you want to see, it's better to know because then you can deal with it. Well, and you and I have talked about this before. Different sets of eyes. If it's your balance sheet, it's your farm, it's your enterprise, you're very, very close to that on a day-to-day basis. How do you come in and look at those balance sheets? What questions do you ask to try to help work through that situation? Yeah, usually I start by just looking through the balance sheet, making sure everything is accurate. Sometimes things get missed. Some things uh, may be getting valued incorrectly or something. Um, some people, there, there's a tendency, I think, sometimes to categorize uh, liabilities incorrectly, where people put things as a as a current liability uh, when it's really not, when it's really a longer-term debt. You know, I just I had this yesterday. I had someone who had a, a personal loan from a cousin, and he had it as a current liability and, and was making his working capital look really bad. And he's like, I don't know what to do. And I'm like, well, number one, this is in the wrong place. So let's move it down the balance sheet where it belongs and then do the analysis. Yeah, yeah. Well, and we've also spoken about how... Um, those assets that we've got, we might be forgetting some obvious things. If you've visited the farm and you look at their balance sheet, you may be able to coach them up that way too. That's right. There might be assets that are not being utilized very much that could be could be sold off. There might be um, assets that well, what this conference is all about, which is we've got assets there that maybe we're not utilizing and we've never really thought about them as assets or maybe never thought about it using them in a different way, you know, like our woods, you know, that's which is one big example, especially in this part of the state where a lot of farms have, have a fair amount of uh, wooded land. Is it something we could we could harvest some timber? Could we get a, uh, an NRCS contract to clean up the woods? Could we um, get a uh, Wisconsin Forest Land Owners Grant to do some uh, woods cleanup? Hunting leases. Yeah, there's a lot of different ways to, to generate some income from it. And a lot of farmers look at it and say, all it is is a property tax bill for me every year. Well, maybe there's something we can do to turn it into an income source, too. Well, and even some of those oak buildings. Uh, you know, well, it's just a shed. It's just a, you know, it's just a pole shed. That's another one of those just just a different set of eyes. That's right. Yeah, and it's it's just thinking about things creatively and yeah, and talking to somebody who maybe has seen different things work in different places and different farms and you know, um, I think when you're when you're working on a farm, you and you're doing the same thing day after day after day. You're sometimes maybe you 
you get into a rut and you don't think about, well, maybe there is something I could do that's a little bit different here. You know, maybe I could, uh, I liked raising hogs when I was a kid and we got rid of them because they weren't making any money in the late 90s. But there's a market for hogs being sold directly to consumers or like our, our keynote speaker this morning selling through Nyman Ranch, you know, that um, mm-hmm. that if someone, they don't want to go into a, a large-scale uh, confinement operation, but they w- wouldn't mind raising a few hogs, and if they can make some money at it, why not? Well, and I think that's probably where many people might be at. I'm almost afraid to ask you for that money. Maybe I need a little extra cash for, well, I don't know, pens or feeders or stock. You know, I think we're at the stage now with our balance sheets where we may be so scared to ask. Yeah, yeah, and it's it's worth the conversation. You know, there's... there. We're uh, seeing more and more things that are outside of conventional corn, soybeans, and dairy, and um, and it's you might be able to get a loan for something that you didn't think you could, and then that leads to another question, which is you can you get a loan? Should you get a loan? And that's the thing that that hopefully we're helping people think through too is, you know, yeah, you might be able to get a loan to do something, but should you get a loan to do it? You know, is it going to increase your your rate of profitability on your farm or isn't it? Is it going to make you better off or is it going to make you worse off? Is it going to lower your cost of production or increase it? You know, those are all things we need to think through. Well, and even a time frame, how long are we going to do this before we put a stake in the sand and say enough? Yeah, that's right. And we're we're seeing, you know, we've seen a lot of people exit the dairy business. And it isn't necessarily that they're not that they're losing their shirts or anything. They're at an age, they're 55, 60 years old and they're saying nobody else really is coming behind me to milk the cows and I'm tired my back hurts and my knees hurt and I'm done with it and I want to go do something else and well, let's let's help you think through what what's the next stage here. You know, it's it's not it's not the end. It's it's just a different phase of your farming career, and it's moving into something a little bit, a little bit different. Well, and I think we're intimidated because it is change. It's different. Help, help people understand how you've seen that through. Because I tell non-farm consumers the numbers that they read: we lost, lost dairy farms. Well, you didn't lose that farm. Right. Yeah, and it, we tend to focus on the loss of dairy farms because it's easy to quantify. Mm-hmm. You know, we have dairy licenses, and so we can count every month. We know exactly how many dairy farms there are mm-hmm. in the state because they give up their license when they sell the herd. Um, but those farms are still there, and there's still, uh, still people with a lot of skills and a lot of abilities and really smart, hardworking folks that are still on those farms and are still doing things. They didn't just, you know, they're not sitting on the couch and watching TV all day long. They, they've got other things to do, and they are doing other things. A point that I sometimes think we overlook. That's Paul Dittman, one of the financial advisors with Compure Financial. You read the headlines, you hear about how many dairies we've lost, but like Paul said, those people aren't going anywhere. They may have let the cows go, but that farm still remains, and unfortunately, so does a lot of the financial stress you're looking at when trying to continue any farming operation. This update brought to you courtesy of our friends from Compure Financial. You can find Paul Dittman and any number of uh, ag lending advisors in your community. Go to Compure.com.